0: It's kind of a. T- scripted he wrestling said podcast said that. <laughs> yeah that's what dusty said oh. uh we're back for another week and we're doing our uh, top 10 pro wrestling couples part D. Yeah. Yeah. uh we're going to be doing five through one clinus not going to be here this time No. so it's just me doug and e nasty but it's going to be Aww. a fun episode what's up and uh we're excited to get into it now, without further ado, we have the man of the hour, the man that's too sweet to be sour, the man that hardly ever takes a shower. We have my brother Doug.
1: <laughs> yeah, a man who's uh, drank too many milkshakes today. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on my third. What? Yeah, I had one at lunch. Okay. One was bought for me at lunch. I just had the two now. You're gonna have to roll me for the door.
0: And then we have my little lunchbox salmon. Eric's here. What's up? How we doing?
2: Good. Saving. Looking forward to doing this. Are you? Yeah.
0: And Eric's here before he goes off to Malaysia? (laughs)
2: He's going to Europe. Milan.
0: Same thing. Malaysia, Milan. It's
2: only a couple syllables. Wasn't Milan, Malaysia? Yeah. I saw a few more episodes. Two more weeks. Of Mulan? Not Mulan. Yeah. Mulan.
0: But Mulan's from Malaysia. Mulan. <laughs> and Mulan is from Mulan. We're doing great so far. Uh we're here to count down the rest of our uh, top ten pro wrestling couples, whether it's relationships, buddies, or if they're, you know you know, doing the dance. So making a little love and getting down tonight. Yes. For this early evening. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Does anybody have a worker of the week?
1: Uh, not not really. I didn't watch a lot of wrestling this week. I mean, I kind of kept up on it. Like, I know the stuff that happened, but it's just like, it's getting to the point where it's starting to get boring. Again. <laughs>
0: Eric?
2: I'll say I'll say Adam Cole. Yeah, I know he's got Adam he Cole, but
0: yeah. boom. Mr. Boom Boom. I don't have a worker of the week either, but uh, so we'll get right into our list then. All right, gentlemen? Yeah. I mean, there's really not yes, much sir. to
1: get into that's not going to you do. Know. All
0: right. Just to give give the folks, my 11 through 6 was 10, uh, was 10 through 6. Shut the fuck up. But uh, my picks last week were this: William Regal and Eugene, Hall and Nash, Bradshaw and Taka, AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, and I forgot the other one. But it's on it's on tape, so go back and listen to it. It was a good episode.
1: All right. I had Hurricane yep. and Rosie, Eric Young and O D B, Eddie Guerrero and China, Kane the Next Pack, and, and Tory Wilson and Fujiri.
2: Very well said. Thanks. All right, Eric. I had I had Adam Cole and uh disaster Uh DMD, Rip Baker. Matt Panona and Kelsey. I can't pronounce his name. Edge and Vicky. Cody and Randy and Hogan and uh his sidekick. The one that licks his it's this show. But
1: so you had all married couples.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Besides Agent like Vicky.
1: Oh, they were married on screen. All right, Doug. Who's your number five? Hardcore and Crash Holly. All right. Because and the funny thing is, is you had two family members. Well, they're not even necessarily family members, but. They really didn't get along. No. Uh, Like, they, like, beaten each other up, but then they realized that they could be, you know, a pretty decent tag team. And because Crash was shorter, like, Hardcore would just smack the shit out of them. But they really were a good tag team, and some of the shit that they came up with, like, Crash was hilarious. Yeah. And Hardcore, for a dick, Hardcore Holly could be very, like, He had a very dry sense of humor. Yeah. But it was also funny listening to him pick on Crash.
0: Oh, for sure it was. And he was a good, like, uh, I don't know, he was a good, like, straight man in the duo. Yeah. Like, uh, Crash could do all the fun stuff and, and, you know, be very bombastic and very out there. And then Hardcore would kind of bring it in. And he'd be more, like, strict and affirmative and to the point. Yeah, and like when they when they had Holly or when they had Molly aboard, uh,
1: it was fun too because like you kind of get to see like that family dynamic or whatever. Oh yeah. Even though they weren't they weren't related at all, but they were, like they were all fun to watch.
0: They were, and it's one of those I feel like they don't get talked about enough, and I feel because that tag team division was so stacked. Yeah. Because you have. Because when you talk about attitude era tag teams, three big ones come to mind, and it's the three that everybody knows: the Dudleys, the Hardys, and Edge and Christian. And then if you like want to think, it was the Headbangers, Kane, and the Posse. Well, that's the thing, though. If you want to dig a little, you'll be like, "Well, Too Cool, Too Too Cool, Too Cool had a hell of a run. Too Cool was actually a pretty good tag team back then. You know, the Headbangers yes, a very like, underrated good tag team back then. You know, and then uh, uh, your new generation tag teams that you love so much, obviously, like, the you know, the Godwins, and, mm-hmm. uh, shit like that. But the, the Attitude Era, and even, like, even their, like, lesser tag teams, like Hardcore and Crash Holly, or, you know, even, like, thrown-together ones. Like, who was fucking Al Stone teaming with for the longest time? Uh, Steve Black, and then, by the way, it's going to be on my list in a little while. Oh, oh, shit. Well, that's a good one, too, but... There was just a lot of oddball ones, but this one, it wasn't an oddball one, but it was, I don't know, it just worked. And even though I do think that their best stuff is separate from each other, yeah, because I think Hardcore Holly's best run to me was the broken neck thing and then coming back for Lesnar. They didn't give him nearly enough time for how over he was. And uh, to me, that was like the best version of Hardcore Holly. It,
1: it was, and Crash's best version, I still think Crash... Should have wrestled Kurt Angle in the finals of the King of the Ring. Yeah. Okay. Because he
0: beat Bull Buchanan in then it. Then he got Kurt. And uh, I mean, cr- Crash's stuff is the hardcore title. Yeah. If you wanna. I mean, he's had good matches. He, he got to do fun stuff. But the twenty four seven rule in the hardcore title really made Crash. Right. No. Or I mean, he I, made it more, yeah. more. I mean, I I
1: agree with that. But like, I still think, and I, you may have disagreed with me, or Clint disagreed with me, or. One of you guys that pisses me off, you know, disagreed with me about that. But like, uh, because I've always said that I believe Crash should have been in the final. I don't think he should have won it. Like Kurt was the right person to win it. Okay. But I do
0: think. Who did Crash have? Who did he have in the finals again? Kurt had
1: Rikishi in the final.
0: That's not a good final matchup. It,
1: It is. Be I mean and like the story they were telling was that like Rikishi's shoulder was
0: all fucked up and all that. I think what it really is, and you might not be wrong, but the talent pool was so major back then, and they had so many guys that could do good shit. Like your lesser guy, like your Blackmans was really good and could be a main event elsewhere. You know, like like even the lesser like the Crash Hollies, he, Crash Holly, could put on some. I, not, like, not like he was the greatest wrestler, but he could put on some great matches, yes. and he was great entertainment value. I mean, and I think, like, that King
1: of the Ring, like, that Crash wrestled Kurt in the semifinals. Like, Crash came out later on when Briscoe and Patterson were doing their drag fest, yes. and he won the hardcore title back. So I can understand why they didn't go that route, because they needed Crash to win the title.
0: Well, and he was too small to the time. Vince wasn't in the tiny yet. If you weren't Shawn Michaels and you weren't six foot, you can go yeah. suck a dick. I mean, and... But Am yeah. I wrong? Huh? Am I wrong? No, you're not. I think just... To, I don't think I don't think he's too short. Not, that's not me saying that, but I think, like, to Vince's standards at the time and yeah. to people's standards, I don't well, think... Well, he beat both you can in, er, in the earlier round. Yeah, but... And I'm not saying that doesn't mean he can't beat taller guys, but I think that nobody looked at Crash Holly and saw a main eventer. Not a single person in the company did. We did. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, and he, maybe he could have been, maybe Crash Alley was really fucking good, but nobody thought that about him. No one thought he was going to go past the mid card. There was a, I had a, and a, I don't mean to be mean saying that. Yeah. I'm just
1: telling the truth. I had an edition and, and you are right. I had an edition of the WWF magazine from the 2000s and they had a list of like top five, most trustworthy and top five, most untrustworthy. Yeah. Crash was number one in the trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, Category, and the caption, the paragraph, pretty much read like this: This guy has been picked on by everybody uh, on the entire WWF roster, from uh, from main eventers to tag teams, to light heavyweights, to referees, to Godfather's hopes. And this guy still seems like one of the nicest people one of the most loyal, one of the most loyal guys, you know, in, in the company. company or on WWF TV.
0: He we'll was Stan shoulder? Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh. <laughs> but, like, he just – but, like, that whole article is just, like, just saying – you know how how good of a guy crash holly and you know behind that like i really don't know how he was behind the scenes and we're not here to talk about that yeah i don't know but like and even hardcore holly like hardcore holly could be the dick he TV. seems like the
0: sweetest guy yeah i mean from the character even a couple of the shooter interviews that he did before his untimely passing because i think he did one at least
1: I think, yeah, he did one, like, right after, I, I think right after WWE released
0: him, right? And then I he went to so. A for a little bit? I think so. I could be wrong. But he's always seemed very sweet. And I like the Crash character because, to me, it was always like, me as a kid without my Adderall. Like, it was like ADD as, like, a personification. Just the way he, all the fast talking and going for, hey, blah, 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 and it's just, I, I thought Crash was, like, an interesting character. Yeah. It was like a little kid, but as a grown man, and I just, I don't know.
1: I, they, they did a segment one time. Uh, he was at the WWF New York when they were really promoting that, like in its early st- not early stages, but like the summer of like yeah or whatever. And they showed him at the bar, right? And he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'll take a I'll take a beer." And they was like, "All right, can we see your ID, please, sir?" So he goes to get, so he shows him an ID, and then the bartender's was like, "Sir, you're not." <laughs> We go, sir. You're not old enough. And it's like one of the funniest fucking things because obviously he's old enough. He's a fucking he's a fucking wrestler.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, you could wrestle at like eighteen. Yeah.
1: I mean, and what's funny? Well, first of all, Crash's career actually started in uh, in the mid '90s. Really? Yeah. Uh well, he was thirty. He was thirty 33 when he passed in 2003. Wow. Uh, I mean, I, I, that, I... Wow, 20 years ago. Yeah. I, I miss him to death. I thought he was a, a tremendous talent. Oh, he was. He was. Uh, and he
0: had such a good little run. I feel bad they didn't really have anything for him in the Ruthless Aggression Era, because I feel like he could have stayed for a while. Yeah. They kind of did him a disservice. But if they don't have anything for you, they don't have anything for you. Right. I wish they did because Crash was always awesome. Uh-oh. It was a good pick. Like I said, I don't – and I remember very little of them together too because my favorite Crash stuff isn't with Hardcore. My favorite Hardcore stuff isn't with Crash. But I don't disagree with your pick. And me saying that isn't disagreeing with your pick. I just think that they have better stuff elsewhere. They do. I, I just kind of like uh, uh,
1: when they did interact, I thought it was
0: – Yeah.
2: I thought it was good.
0: All right, Eric, who's your number five?
2: The Generation X, Shawn Michaels and Triple point These two That's are best friends. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, these two are best friends. These two have been together since the mid-90s. They're attached to the hip. They work together now. Sean wants NST, Twaith one main event main roster. What else is there to say about those two? They had, they the had thing, one of the best feuds Well and they had the best ever.
0: Yes, they did. And and that's the thing about these two is that everybody likes to shit on them as a duo, especially Doug. Yeah, And a lot of people like to talk shit about them. And, and to be honest, there's a lot of merit to talk shit there. And I understand. And, and the whole yeah. like Sean's reign of terror and, uh, you know, H, or Triple H was kind of his little buddy and shit like that. And I understand, but I understand, it is too. also yeah. not an incorrect statement to say that no other duo on anybody's list has made more magic than these two, whether it's yeah. together or separate. They've had way too many entertaining to the fact we could do a top ten DX moments and matches. We could do a top ten Shawn versus HBK if we wanted to, or Shawn versus Triple H. It'd be weird if he wrestled himself. Yeah, but we could do something like that. <laughs> I don't want to, but I'm just saying we could. They have so many good men. Ma- yeah. The three stages of hell. The fucking the street fight at SummerSlam was really good. The the Un-takered
2: you can't forget
0: match, and. If you're a Benoit guy and you love those Benoit matches, who was a part of that with him? Sean. Right. And he made John those Michael. matches great. Those triple threats were fucking awesome. Yeah, and, and here... here that Royal Rumble, Last Man Standing was awesome.
1: Right. I, and that, that was probably like... That was the best match of that undercard. Yes. Now, the thing about the two of them, and trust me, I have talked my fair share of shit about both of them so much. But... Yeah. You can't argue with the success that they have had. No. And I do think to a point they both did earn the success that they had. Oh yeah. Now and sometimes definitely... yes, you do kind of have to step on other people to get that success. Uh, but I, I do feel like that like if the Triple H and Sean that are that are around now like if they like were in charge back then, like they are not. Like if they go back into a time machine, yeah, and like somehow, like they're in charge of like this alternate universe, and they see their younger selves, yeah, they're gonna fire their younger selves.
0: Yeah, but I feel like they had to grow as human beings to be. More and than. and
1: I do think, and I and I a hundred percent believe that they both did that.
0: Oh, of course, they both did. Because it's just the thing with them is that. No matter what you want to say about behind the scenes, on screen, there's not a lot of bad content between the two. To where you can say, oh, like, the match between those two sucked. Or, like, even if they had, their worst match is still pretty good. Anything they've done together is good. The stuff with DX was good. When they came back and rejuvenated it in 2006, people loved it. And that stayed around until, like, 2011. And people still liked it. We were at the fucking Raw with the glow sticks and shit, and horn swaggle and shit, and we loved it. You know, people fucking, like, they've always kind of been good. They've always been good. And they've always done good stuff yep. together, whether it's against each other or with each other. So, uh, to me, this, this yeah. could easily be a number one on anybody's list. Yeah, and... Yeah. I don't care if you like them. I'm just saying them, like, as workers. Right, and,
1: and the funny thing is, is that when DX came back in 2006... Like, Sean did not want DX to come back because he didn't want to do the shit that he did back in, like, 97, 98. Yeah, that's fair. Because, you know, he had young kids, and he's just like, you know what, I can't fucking, we can't, we can't do this shit.
0: But DX coming back was so cool because other guys were getting into the of event. They were letting Cena and Edge do the thing and Randy and Batista, and those two were finally having fun, yeah, and they were just sitting back and joking and having a good time, and that was a good role for them. yeah, uh, it, what was funny was
1: the fact, it was the fact that like the uh when they were doing the thing with the spirit squad and they had the cheerleaders come out, and Sean brought out the little uh, the little guy cheerleaders, yeah. Uh, which basically looked like my entire entire group of friends from back home in Newfane. Uh and like and then Triple H brought out the female cheerleaders and Sean puts the blindfold on so he doesn't get in trouble with his wife at home. And then uh you know, they beat up this regular spirit squad and then they have the little guys pull their pants down. Ugh. And Jr. goes, because they actually had two fat guys. Yeah. Like, two fat little guys. And JR's like, oh my God, I've never seen so much crack. <laughs> like And shit like that is funny. And Triple H and Sean have always been and I can appreciate it more. Now, like, back then, like, Their early, early stuff, I didn't find funny. I just found them to be obnoxious obnoxious and annoying. But, like, as... Again, like, as they get older, it's just like, okay, they're funny now.
0: Yeah. Uh, But they would even have, like, genuine moments peppered throughout that run. Like, remember that Fatal 4-Way? I forget which pay-per-view, but it was for the title. Cena was in it, and I can't remember who the other guy was. And it was a Fatal 4-Way, and it was two members of DX. Or it was the... That wasn't the Survivor series. series is a triple threat.
1: It wasn't a four-way.
0: And it was them two and Cena. And Sean starts it out by super kicking Triple H. Yeah. That was like a genuine moment, and it was cool. And then you see this coldness, like, go on Sean's face. And he just, like, starts it off, and he kicks yep. his friend in the face. And then he's just like, this guy, no matter how close these two are, this guy wants the fucking belt. Yeah, And, and, he- it's just, and then he stared at Cena, and Cena's got a look on his face. And, like, that just worked and shit like that, and they would do shit like that all the time. Even an end-of-an-era match, which should not have worked, old Undertaker, old Triple H, that match was great, and Sean was a fundamental part of it as the referee, right. and him telling Triple H to like give up, and him trying to help him and shit. Like, whatever they're together, it's usually magic. Unless you're talking that Brothers of Destruction DX Saudi Arabia match.
1: Right. What's funny, too, and then we can move on to the next pick, but like the whole thing, like, after Sean kicked Hunter... Like yeah. the next night on Raw, Hunter looks at him and goes, so, what was with the kick last night, huh? And then Sean's just like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: he's like, relax, Sean. I would have done the same thing to you.
0: <laughs> it was good. Yeah. It was very good. All right. You ready for mine?
1: Yeah. I have Triple H in China. Yep. That's that's a really good pick, Uh, and you know I mean you know we're not gonna get into obviously you know they had a bad ending which Mm -hmm. is uh, you know it it happens relationships do run their course
0: yes and it sucks the way it ended and I feel bad for her and I feel bad for everybody involved and it's very messy but and I'm not even really talking about the real life relationship. I'm talking about the gimmick and the fact that this was, like, one of the first... Because I was also thinking about maybe, like, Centino and Beth or something like that. But this was really the first one. And it was the first time we really saw, like, a really big chick. And she was defending, like, a smaller dude. Yeah. And she was, like, the muscle. And she was making sure... And and you have a chicken shit heel with a big, strong girl at his side. And that just worked for me. And And it, like, made him look even more like a pussy... And it just it really worked. It, it that that relationship and that like gimmick, just it was perfect for them too. So if you, uh, I, I you probably
1: haven't seen uh, China's biography, yet, Legends biography yet, right? <laughs> the the A and E special. No. Okay, so they, they went into that. And, like, they were talking about how, like, when she first came in, a lot of the guys were very much against. Yeah, because they didn't want to do bumps to a chip. Uh, were very much against them hitting her, especially if they couldn't hit him back. Like, uh, Bart Gunn, like, when Bart Gunn took the bump, Bart Gunn wanted to hit her. And they are just like, Bart, you can't do that. So, Bart actually said, all right, take me off TV then for a while. <laughs> And then he came back a year later as a member of the Midnight Express. Uh,
0: Good idea, Bert.
1: And then, like, even, like, you know, Ahmed Johnson got pissed off. But Mick Foley was just like, you know what? We might be on to something here. Yeah, it was smart. So when uh, they did, like, the King of the Ring, he actually went up to Joni and he said, you can do whatever you want to me. If yeah. you if you want to hit me or whatever, do Whatever. And so like, you know, she beats the shit out of Mick. The guys see this and they're like, wait a minute, Mick's actually letting this happen to him? Okay, we're on to something here.
0: Yeah. It was more revolutionary thinking by Mick, but it, it just it was perfect for what it was because it was two pe it was two people that not only were they already seeing each other, but you have the muscle, which is usually if a dude has muscle, they have another dude. He's yeah. a bigger dude. This was the, kind of the first time we saw a really big like woman, and she's beating up the dudes, and she's defending a dude. And it just worked. And it even, like I said, Santino, it worked with Santino and Beth, too. And it's worked in other scenarios. That always works, but this was the yeah. first. So I had to put it on my list. Yes. And,
1: no, they were, like, it, it was perfect. And to be honest with you, I liked them better as heels. Of course. They couldn't be babyface. Well, I mean, they they did, They did. tried the babyface it rock. It sucked. Uh, but, like, they were better as the heels. The only
0: thing that came out of that was the ladder match with the rock. Right. That was the only good part of that babyface rock, was he got that classic SummerSlam ladder match with the rock. That was all they got out of that. And plus, like, even when they when they teased that thing to where they were. And she was a fundamental part of that, by
1: the way. Yeah, exa- exactly. When they did, like, the little thing where the two of them were kind of going against each other. I didn't like that.
2: Yeah.
1: Because it didn't work.
2: No.
1: They had to be with each other. And then, like, when you separate the two of them. Which I always thought was actually a mistake because I felt like... Well, no, because... Well, it's not he, a mistake. He did, Well, it wasn't a mistake for him because uh, he was able to kind of grow so and evolve. She, I mean, she did, but you always... <coughs> uh, but I don't know. I always felt like if they would have... I, I always felt like they should have found their way back to each other.
0: Storyline-wise, but it, it could never happen because of what was happening in real life. Yeah. But with real life I, that's the only thing that got in the way because she was on that superstar women's title run and she was doing great and people loved her and she came out with the bazooka which unfortunately she, she did not like yeah she didn't want to do it and she was sick and she she just didn't like she didn't like the fact that her fucking old boyfriend's fucking the boss's daughter now you know and I don't blame her and it it bothers her and yep. she just and she wanted an absurd amount of money to stay and they said we can't do it yeah, like you go
1: up to Jim Ross and you say, all right, I want a million dollar. I want to be paid as much as Stone Cold Steve Austin. I want a million dollar contract, and I'm not negotiating.
0: Yeah, you And do that. Jim
1: Ross is just like, all right, if you're not negotiating, we got to let you go. And she's like, Jared, what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's me. And he goes, Joni, you can't come up and say million dollars, non-negotiable. That's what I want, and I'm not going down. Like, you can't do that. If you're not going to negotiate and we can't do what you want, then it's over. Like, and and it sucked for her, but it's just like, it it was just, it was the attitude.
0: Yeah. Um, And
1: and I don't necessarily blame her for having that attitude because, you know, of how things were going down.
0: And she was becoming a star. She had the Playboy deal. Little girls were coming up to her all the time and saying, you're my hero. So, when a person does that, they do start to think that they can be bigger than the WWE. We know how it usually works out. Yeah. And WWE loves to remind people how it works out. Because they love for people to know, you can't make it without us. Right. That's why it's like they really swallowed their pride on Cody. To bring Cody in with his theme song, his haircut, the American Nightmare, all that that's vids finally say, all right, something worked that we didn't do.
1: Right. And that's like,
0: it, and they don't do that a lot.
1: No. And I, I think uh, he's the first one. Well, no, because they let Truth, because Truth was using the uh, uh, the What's Up theme in TNA because he sang it. Right? Yeah. All right. So, but that doesn't necessarily count because it's.
0: Yeah, but who owns the What's Up theme now? WWE does. There you go. Who owns Cody's shit? I'm pretty sure
2: Cody does. I might be wrong, though. Cody does, I mean. I,
0: I I'm wrong bought that, because I know, because Cody told the story, and Cody said, he's like, well, I told them I really want to keep my theme song, I got to do this, and Vince was like, well, yeah, bud, that's what I'm paying for. So he might have bought it, but that, to me, it's still a little different than Truth, because Truth wasn't a main event, he was, he was a main eventer kind of in TNA, but Truth and Cody are two different situations going into WWE. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah, Oh, yeah. Definitely. But
2: that's cool that they did that
0: for Truth, too. All right. What's your number four?
1: The Macho King and Sensational Queen. Oh, my God. Macho King, Randy Savins, and Sensational Sherry. I know a lot of people are going to be like, you should have put Elizabeth on here, you stupid motherfucker. Uh, and Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth was... Was great if you ask anybody except for our buddy Jimmy at work. Uh, but he anyway. did not like Macho Man. No, he liked Macho Man. He did not like. He did not like Elizabeth.
2: Oh, then he's uh, not gonna like. Link. Okay, never like.
1: mind. He doesn't like you anyway. Don't worry about it. Uh, wow. So,
0: Derek's uh, like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> he's, the
1: one, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's the one that complained about your Hall of Fame list.
2: Uh, yeah, I know. But I never met the kid.
0: Oh, no, he's calling him a kid. He's a black belt, Derek. You don't he's care. a black belt that's also uh, 10 years older than you. Well, age doesn't matter. Oh. Yeah. You're 10 years older than me, and no offense, but, but
1: I'd Yeah, but, but I'm not a day. kid.
0: <laughs> no, you're not a kid.
1: That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh... Anyway, so – but, no, like, I picked Sensational Sherry because I felt like that was – that was their best work uh, was together. Yeah.
0: Like, Savage is a heel. Well, the thing about – and I can't really – and I didn't put Macho and Elizabeth on my list because I figured somebody did. And from the sons of Eric, I I think he made a good decision. And that's good. They should be number one for a lot of people. To me, I appreciate them both separately because – she – Elizabeth made his baby face run, and yes. he needed the prom queen. Like he – Hogan had all the theatrics and Hogan – but Macho really benefited by having a beautiful woman by his side that was with him no matter – and it was like a married couple. It was like everyone – that's mom and dad at the WWF pretty much. Yeah. Like you have Hogan and you have all these big like theatrics, but then you have like Macho and Elizabeth and you know that they love each other, care for each other. And they're going to do anything for each other. And that's just, there's something inspiring about that. And that's why baby face couples do work. And that was the first, like what, not the first one. Cause you had, you know, fucking Jimmy and precious. You had so many, you had different ones, but this was the best one. Yeah. And uh, the reason why him and Sherry is so good Because they said, all right, he's healed now. He's a bad guy. What is the antithesis to Miss Elizabeth? And if you think about that, the complete opposite of a human being, at least in front of the camera, because all I've heard is that Sherry is the nicest, greatest person ever. I've never heard a bad thing.
1: Sherry is – That's one of the people I've
0: never heard – she's one of the more beloved – people ever.
1: Which just... is why, like, when she started kind of having, like, a downward spiral in WCW, like, people were just, like, they were heartbroken. And, like, Bischoff, when Bischoff said he he had to fire her, yeah, he said it broke his heart.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it sucked. Because she was such a sweet lady, but In front of the camera, the complete opposite of Miss Elizabeth is Sherry. Yeah. And the way she acts, she's like a – you have a nice, prim, proper lady compared to like a ruthless broad that's going to fight you in a bar and that does not give a fuck about anything. And and so she was perfect for macho going into that heel run. And it's like I'm the macho king now. I need a right queen. And she was like a good Cersei Lannister for him. She was a good, bad, you know, woman. And, and, And just it completely worked. It's a great pick. Yeah, and uh, they were awesome together. I will, I will say that. I, and underrated though, because I was gonna put this, and I did. Her and Sean is good too. Yeah. Now I, I will say yep. this,
1: as pertains to to Randy Savage.
0: Yeah.
1: I keep forgetting to plug this, uh, but in our Facebook group, wrestling through the years, uh, we've been having a King of the Ring tournament. We're in the finals right now, and it's uh. That, or Macho Man versus Sting. The winner of the tournament will be will have a top ten moments and matches done about them on a future episode. Uh, and it looks like we're gonna end up doing Savage. So, nice. uh, but uh, yeah, so like Savage, yeah, Savage is not necessarily destroying Sting right now, but...
0: You beat the shit out of him?
1: Yeah. Uh, had Eric voted the right way, it'd be Savage versus Piper right
0: now. You left it up there? Wait,
2: I, I didn't vote the right... Oh. You never
0: do anything right for Doug, but you get <laughs> used to it. Uh,
2: all right, who's your number four, Eric? I had... Triple H in China, but I decided to change it. I put Rick Flair and Arn Anderson. You, you said, got Rick and Arn. I mean, I, yeah, Rick and <laughs> Arn. It's a damn good pick. You got to go yeah, through. Yeah, I and
0: mean, the they're, they're they're the
2: number one. They're the old school, old school Triple H and Sean. best friend. I, I don't know what the relationship is now, but. They were best friends. They were they were to the hip. Four horsemen. The original, the best Hobby group ever, in my opinion. But, um... Yeah, yeah. one of the
0: things that I mean, bothers me modern days is that we never see them together anymore. So it kind of almost feels like...
2: So,
1: and again, I don't know how true this is, but apparently when Flair was in the coma... Uh, when Flair was in, like, a coma or whatever, uh, even though uh, Arn and, like, other members of the Horsemen went to visit Rick in the hospital, WWE told, because Arn was on the outs with WWE, Arn had just been fired by WWE at the time.
0: You don't believe that, do you?
1: Rick has said that the Horsemen did not go to visit him in the hospital. Arne, Tony Schiavone has said that he was with Arne at the hospital in Flair's room when Flair was in the coma. So, uh, I don't know, like, I, I mean, to be honest with you, if Flair says that the horseman didn't visit him in the hospital, I don't believe a thing Flair says.
0: I mean, it's kind of hard to believe somebody that was in a coma. He doesn't know is that well, different? he said that that's what WWE told him. That's weird. I don't know. I'd have to look into that before I actually comment on it. Yeah, but, I
1: mean, it, it, but that's yeah. like well, That's why he says he doesn't talk to them nowadays. Okay. Arn said that he doesn't that him and Flair aren't as close as they used to. Or they used to be because Arn's wife uh, remained friends with uh, Beth Flair, who was one of Flair's wives. Okay. And because Arn's wife remains friends with Beth, uh, Arn was pretty much told by his wife, it's like, we're choosing Beth's side. And Arn liked being married, so...
0: That's crazy. But I do... uh, Eric, that's a great pick. It it was a variation of my number one. I do have a different number one, just in case it, it got taken here. But... They are the ultimate duo. I don't think of anybody except exactly. for the, especially like when you think of horsemen, they were the closest between the two. They kept that group together for as long as they did. Yeah. Yep. That group was never that group unless you had those two and a variation around them. And I love Barry Wyndham. I love Barry. I love Tully. I love all, even only to an extent. I love the classic. I, I like Luger. In them. I like a lot of the horsemen that got on board
1: i was partial to mongo
0: mongo and benoit were fine and dean and that was great but you needed those two or it wasn't even the horsemen you right. can't have rick with three different yep. guys you can't have arn with three different well, guys
1: and the funny thing is too is that like uh, the the variation of like rick and dean and mongo and benoit that was rick with three other guys but you had Arn as the manager. Yeah, that's so why it worked. So Arn, yep. Arn had the J.J. role.
0: And it worked because of Arn doing stuff like, my spot! And, yeah. and fucking, like, really getting energetic. And when he fucking announced, oh, I almost forgot the fourth horseman, Rick Flair! Yeah, and fucking Rick slayer comes out. It's just, those two...
2: That was two cool. add goosebumps. Watching that. <laughs> that is
0: one of my favorite moments in wrestling to this day.
2: And Rick Slayer's not my
0: favorite that's of all time. I He is in my top ten. I'm not like Doug to where I'm not a slayer guy, because I do like slayer, But... That is one of my that it is my top three favorite promos of all time. That beats the pipe bomb for me. That beats so many things for the emotion in that fucking room. And Rick going, baby, I'm already fired, baby, Fire I'm already fired, and, and, and screaming in the ring and the horsemen are together and the crowd's going fucking bananas. That is one of the best moments I've ever seen. And, and it was honest, real. Was, I it, agree exactly. And that's one of like <coughs> the best like head to
1: head like. Monday Night War battles, yeah. Because the Raw they had on that night was fucking stacked, uh, you know. Because you had Austin uh, versus you had Austin versus Shamrock in the main event. You had Undertaker versus Mankind, Rock versus Kane, Triple H Owen, you know, all this other stuff. You had like nine matches in a two hour show, uh, and then you had like this three hour Nitro that had Goldberg and Sting in the main event, and then this Horseman this Horseman deal,
0: Yeah uh along with it was in others, but it's because of yes it was there
2: what i couldn't it hear was it, right. it was
0: in charlotte it was not charlotte yes so
1: but because of that horseman uh of that horseman reunion that is what one nitro then uh one nitro the ninth is rick flair returning because that's what a lot of people wanted to see because at that time, nobody thought Flair was coming back. We should do a on
0: that. So and, and they were like legit buddies behind the scenes too. And they were like, when you hear the stories, like when uh, Eric Bischoff finally got to the WWE and, and that first night that he was going to be the manager of Raw and they were backstage and Arn uh, like blocked off a door for Rick. And, like, Arn blocked off and made sure the coast was clear and Rick was going to fist fight Eric. Yeah. And that's a real story, too. Eric will tell it to well, you. Well, yeah, because, like, he started having flashbacks or whatever. Yeah, and he started living – because Eric Bischoff – or Rick Flair, and I love Rick Flair, and I don't blame him because he's lived so much life and all of his life has been around the business. But he does have that Bret Hart effect sometimes of taking himself and the business way too seriously yeah. and make, and working himself into a shoot. He's done that a few times, we, which, by the way, here, and if we were in it, we would too. Oh well, yeah, no, because exactly. we do that in real life all the time.
1: Well, first of all, the whole the whole heat with with Flair and Bischoff, Flair was supposed to have off a weekend yes. for to watch uh, Reed for, for Reed's uh, wrestling tournament. Yes. Bischoff's secretary Jamie Angle lost the fucking paperwork. Yes. Okay, uh, so when they started <laughs> advertising. Uh, when they started advertising Flair to do this thing on Thunder, Flair said, Eric, I'm not going to show. I got the night off. Like, I had the time off. I'm watching Reed wrestle." He goes, Rick, you never filled out the paperwork. Yes, I did. They could never find the paperwork. Yeah. So, like, it, so Bischoff, yeah, right. you know, yeah, but, not thinking he was wrong. And they
0: had beef then, but that was in, like, 98, wasn't it? Yeah. And,
1: and this is all the way – and then, like, in 2002, Flair just – like because I all worked
0: with each other in 99 and 2000, and they, they made an angle out of that, and it was a thing. And and then they kept working together, and it was fine in WC.
1: Yeah, and then Flair just, uh, you know, had a fucking Vietnam
0: flashback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Flair's like, no, I hate this guy still. Yeah. And he's like, all right, block off a room. And he's like, I got you, buddy. And then he fucking – yeah. It, it, and then, you know, six months
1: later, uh, Beth decides, fuck it, I'm leaving Rick. And then Iron decides, all right, well, I guess I got to leave Rick, too.
0: But uh, they were still, if that's when it happened.
1: They were, I right, so they, they, kept they, they were prepared. still close, but they weren't as close as they once were. Like they, they
0: Even if they weren't, they kept up appearances very well. Yeah. WWE at least shipped to where it made it seem like, because they were always together, it felt yeah. like.
1: But uh, like they were together on on camera but they couldn't be together like behind like they could not go out drinking because Arn's wife was just like, We're taking best side. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. I mean, and that's
1: you know, it is what it is, and Arn, you know, loves his wife, doesn't wanna be married nine times like Rick was. Uh and 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 that's his prerogative. All right. If, If if you're gonna listen to your wife And do what she wants. That just means you're smart with your money.
0: Yeah. All right, my turn. Number four? Yeah. I have kind of a a different one. And one that...
1: Bam Neely and Chavo Guerrero.
0: No. Uh... I have a bigger one than that. Bam Neely and... Well, never mind. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Uh... The Edgeheads.
1: Hawkins and Ryder?
0: Yeah. I'm just kidding. Fuck that. No, I have one of the... To me, one of the best odd couples in history and something that did not last as long as it should have. I have Spike Dudley and Molly Holly. So, and and that kind of goes back
1: to, you know, me picking Hardcore and Crash, because, like, the, the Dudleys and the Hollies did not get along back then, because I remember, like, when Spike and And Molly, that's why
0: it was... it that's what made it work, though, because it was, like, a fucked-up version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> and you had the Dudleys and you had the Hollies. Well, it was these.
1: more like Hatfield McCoy, right? Because... in uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys didn't, like, a Hatfield and a McCoy fuck or something? They did in the
0: show. I don't know if that was part of the real-life version of it. I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I... I
0: when they did the show, though, they had that.
1: Okay, so you kind of, so, like, there, it was kind of like that. Uh, and it was funny, because I remember Molly saying how much she liked Spike and talking to Hardcore about it, because she thought Hardcore was more level-headed. And Hardcore is just like, look, Crash is, Crash is uh, right, you know, for once. Uh,
0: like, the Dudleys cannot be trusted. But it was funny that you have these two teams. And by the way, and even though Dudley's were kind of heel, they were still loved. Yeah, they they didn't go heel yet. They didn't go heel until, uh, like, they
1: thought Molly screwed <coughs> them over.
0: <coughs> but it just, because you have these two tough teams, and then you have, like, a pure innocent part of both of them with Molly and then Spike. And yeah. Crash was kind of that innocent spot, too. But it was just cute. And it worked. And I liked like him in the whole brain damage thing. And he was kind of, I don't know. It, I, I liked it a lot.
1: Yeah. And it was funny too, because like when Kurt Angle beat the shit out of Spike Dudley and then like Molly went to go get the Dudley and said, you need to help Spike. And then Hart, they happen to walk right in front of Hardcore and Crash. So Hardcore and Crash are like, fuck it. We're going to hit him. <laughs> and they're like, all right, we're putting her through a table. And Spike's like, she didn't set you up. And Bubba's just like, shut up. We know what happened. It's like,
0: watch the replay, you fat fuck. Yeah. And it was just, and Spike was always, because to me, Spike's one of the more underrated performers of all time. Oh, God, yeah. And he's top 10 underdogs of all time. Yeah. And he's just like so good for not getting very much credit. And Molly, Molly is the sa- literally the same thing for the women. Molly was ahead of her time, one of the best workers, one of the best people to work with Trish and all this stuff. Molly was really good. And, people and say, she wasn't hot. People say that, like, if you
1: put somebody in the Hall of Fame for just being the nicest human being on the face of the earth, you're going to do that for Molly.
0: Yeah, but she was also good, too. Yeah. She didn't suck
1: at wrestling. Oh, God, no, not at all. And but was, what I'm just saying is that, like, you know, we talked earlier about how nobody sweet. had anything against sensational Here, Nobody could say I've anything, heard everybody
0: talk nice. I agree. Like, X-Pac was putting so. her over for 15 yeah. minutes. And X-Pac had
1: said, he's yeah. like, she is the sweetest person I had ever met in this
0: business. Yeah, and it's very cool. And it was cool, oh, and my. it's kind of, it's sweet that she was like, the one that didn't have to take her tits out. Yeah, she was the one that didn't have to get her right. And even though Trish kind of started making fun of that, their angle when Trish would just oh wear, yeah, like the the granny panties, are, and then like when when she, she started taking her pants off, like she beat her and then she took her pants off in front of her.
1: Yeah, and then fucking uh, uh when she did the hair versus hair match against Victoria at WrestleMania twenty, and then it came just like, well, we've seen from time to time, Jr. where Molly does wear granny panties, and Jr. goes. What the hell does this have to do with this wrestling match? Like, seriously. This is a hair versus hair match, and you're talking about granny panties. And it's just like, well, I'm just saying, Jared. get your mind out of the gutter, King.
0: That was perfect about having a married man and a pervert Yeah. next to each other. That was real slobber knocker, wasn't it? I provided the slobber,
1: I provided the
0: knocker. Still the best team. Yeah, But, even though Jr. now, oh my God, he needs to hang it up. I love him, but holy shit. Yeah, it, you're just old yeah. brother. you're It's still I more respect than anybody of all time. Like the greatest play-by-play of all time. Better than Gorilla Monsoon. Better than Gordon Sully. Jr. is the greatest. But now. Yeah. Now it's, it's he tired He's he's too old. He doesn't remember their names. The moves are too much nowadays. He just needs to be done. Yeah,
1: because like and. I agree with that. I do give him credit though trying. for, I give for him all the still credit. wanting to be part of the business.
0: Yeah, but it's just like okay. but be an agent, yeah. be a production man, be whatever, anything else. Be that guy that talk, talks talk to Tony. In, talk in the ears of uh, like get next Caliber's ear and tell him not to be a dipshit. Yeah, or be Tony's right hand man. Do whatever you got to do, but I don't think he needs to be the Tony Schiavone still has it. Yeah, Jr. doesn't. And I don't mean that to be yeah. mean because JR's is better all time than Tony, but Tony still has something to where he can add, and him and Excalibur could do
1: a good show by themselves. Tony, Excalibur, and Taz, even though Taz is the cocksucking butt fucker, Taz is uh, so
0: good at commentary. Taz. Okay,
1: it, like they're, they're the three of them are fine. Yes. Uh, although I'm waiting for the day to where Tony Schiavone just hauls off and hits Taz. All right,
0: who's your number three?
1: Uh. I don't know. <laughs> uh, might be good if you did. <laughs> Al Snow and Steve Blackman.
0: Really good. Awesome it was choice. like a, a lesser version of rock and sock almost. But it was it was a fun character with a no nonsense serious character and he kinda of brought life into Steve Blackman. And yeah. Steve Blackman put a seriousness into him. It really benefited each guy, I Well, and, and the funny thing is, is that, like, Steve Blackman is one of those guys, and I am, I am a
1: Steve Blackman fan. Me too. Okay? But Steve Blackman was one of those guys that had his personality surgically removed. Yeah. But Al Snow was kind of able to, like, some of the shit that they did together, like when Steve Blackman
0: did stand-up comedy in an old folks home. Yeah. And when they... When they were in Green Bay and he put the cheese thing on his head? Yeah. The cheese hat? Like,
1: they were just... They were
0: just comedy because
1: Al Snow, again, I don't think he's the funny... Although, like, I follow Al on Facebook and he had some funny mm-hmm. shit on there Uh, to the point to where it's just like...
0: He was funny. You can tell he's buddies with Mick Foley. Like, he, he had humor to him. Yeah. And the characters that he did were, were funny.
1: Yeah. And he does have a good mind for the wrestling business. Like, if they... It, 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 honest to God, I think Tony Khan, like, because they talk about how Tony Khan needs to hire somebody that will, will like, you know, kind of discipline people and all that. I think Al Snow would be that person because Al Snow is... Probably
0: like, the greatest trader of the business.
1: Yeah. Because he'll be like, you know what? I, uh, He'll kind of take people in and be like, look, you know, you're acting like an ass. Yep. <laughs> uh, but... As far as Snow and Blackwing go, like their team was kind of short lived, but I don't know, like that that two thousand WWE, that two thousand WWE, to me, like they were one of the bright spots.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
2: Yeah, can't argue that. Good. They're, they were good.
0: All right, Eric, who's your number three?
2: Mine is uh. Sammy and Kevin Owens, another um, duo that were our best friends to this day. We just got back together, As it, they're reigning and defending tag campaigns right now. <laughs> At least until next Friday. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I hope not. But <laughs> but yeah, these two have been. Best friends since the indie scene. ROH, um, PWG. I think I want to say. I don't know if they were together in PWG, but but ROH, they were. They had this rivalry in the ROH, classic rivalries in NST, and from Canada. They're both from Canada. They're just great people, great friends, great duo. So-
1: like, I loved the Ring of Honor stuff when they were a team because they were like Kevin Owens loved to pick on San, loved to pick on El Generico, but yep, he would not let anybody else pick on him. Yeah, and to me that that was that was fun to watch. Yeah, uh, and then like you know they came here I don't know, eight stuff eight. which. Like the two of them as heels was fun. I felt like they were better. They're better heels than they are babyface. Although I yeah. do love Kevin Owens as a babyface.
0: They're just on such a good run now that you can't really say that. Yeah. Because they're so over. They're the two most over babyfaces in the world right now. So you can't really say that they're better as heels. But. There's stuff with Shane and stuff. That was good. And Sammy fucking over Shane for yeah. Kevin. At...
1: Which, to be honest with you, like, when Sammy turned heel and then he started doing that, you know, that kind of dance at the beginning, like, uh, to his music, like how he used to do when he was a babyface. But then he used to do, uh, like, he did it kind of like in a heel way or whatever. I'm not going to yeah. say what I used to call it. It, be it, not. it off air. Yeah. But... I was just like, oh, my God, what a fucking douchebag to do. Somebody needs to drop a piano on this motherfucker, like, right now. Because he's just acting so douchey.
0: They're just – and that's why – and in theory, storyline-wise and the way they are as character actors, they are really good as heels, and they might even be better heels. But the story of real life and the fact that we have the internet now and we know that these guys were best friends, like – fucking coming up in the business and these guys wrestled in gyms in front of 20 people and they fucking like really paid their dues together and then they got to the big show, made separate yeah. pass and now they're like back together and like, it's just too good of a story to where they have to be on this list, you know, yeah. they're so good it's such yeah. a fucking Still nice romanticized like Cinderella story for the both of them that you had like fucking Kevin Owens is more over this year than he was last year and last year, he made a vet in night one against Stone Cold Steve Austin.
2: Right. And he's
0: more over this exactly. year being in a tag match with Sammy. He's more over. More people exactly. like him, more people don't. That's nuts. And that's how good this yeah. thing is. Yeah. And uh,
1: what's funny, too, about Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens is one of those guys that, like, he can be a
2: dick.
0: He's so funny, though.
1: But but he's hilarious. Like, he's there was awesome. the one time, like, he helped the Street Profits beat... Gallows and Anderson, and he he said in, like the, in the backstage interview, he goes, you know what? I happen to like you guys so much that I'm going to wait on you a little while before I turn on you. And Montez is just like, really? You're not going to turn on us? He goes, not yet. It's going to happen at some point, but not yet. Like, I'm going to wait a while. And i like, it's the funniest fucking thing.
0: It is. It is very good. Yeah. All right. My number three, I have a little heel couple that underrated but happened at one of my favorite WrestleManias and one of my favorite stories, and I wish this thing would have gone longer. I have Trish Stratus and Christian. Nobody saw that coming, by the way. Nobody saw it coming, and I feel like if they gave them more of a chance and let them do more stuff, that they could have been what Edge and Lita Well, were. I think it also exactly. had to
2: do with the fact that Christian got I was thinking got the same thing.
0: Yes. Yes, and I understand, Christian, but if you take all that and it doesn't happen, I really do think that they're a better version of uh, Edge and Lita. Yeah. No, I – I, I They could have been the top heel couple. She could have been the women's champion. He could have found his way to a world title, and they could have been a heel-dominant power couple.
1: Right. And and that's the thing is I I believe that there wasn't that there it was going to happen, and I want to say that the bad blood match was supposed it wasn't I don't think it was going to be like Kane was a backup I want to say Christian was going to get the shot
0: really that's crazy I, I
1: mean I, well I don't well he was either going to get the shot or he was. Threw up for one.
0: I mean, he was, he, it was not a good run. And she was a part of that. And Tomko, and it, it just all worked. I, I liked those two together a lot. I thought they were a good, like, mean couple. And
1: that's one of those things, because at, at that WrestleMania, which, by the way, uh, the fact that we were able to get that, and I had no clue we were getting that, yeah, awesome. until, like, three days beforehand, when mom tells us at the kitchen table, she goes, oh, yeah, we're ordering WrestleMania on Sunday. Eh? What are you talking about? He goes, oh, your grandfather really wants to watch WrestleMania, so we're getting
0: it. Mm-hmm. And I, was just, I called him and I said, thank you. <laughs> you the best.
1: Uh, and then uh, we ended up getting it, and then I just remember it being, because I had such a huge crush on Trish at the time. And, but just like her What guy did it? Uh, Nathan Lane. Uh, but uh, like just seeing her turn on Jericho, it's just like, you no good bitch. But, like, I don't think anybody – I mean, I'm sure, like, it had been reported in the, in the dirt sheets and all that that she was probably going to turn. But, like, fans that had no idea what the fuck a dirt sheet even was Yeah, no one knew. probably were just like – It was a
0: big deal. It yeah. was a nutshot heard around the world. It was good. All right, who's your number two? I don't know. We'll uh, figure it out. I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Great radio. Uh, Hello.
1: I'm right here.
0: it thought we fucking disconnected. Okay. Gold dust and Marlena. That's a good one. So
1: I was vi- I was torn
0: between
1: the two of them or Mark Marrow and Sable. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Both
0: did end well in real life or or storyline. <laughs> well, and it, the fucked
1: up thing is, like, with, with Goldust, with Goldust and Terry, it was they were really starting to have that Brian Pillman storyline did nothing to help them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh it's uh, it's it can be so beautiful when they take real life and put it into a storyline and it can make the best art, but it's also extremely fucked up to people's personal lives. Yeah. Uh, how do you think little Dakota felt? She's three years old. She's being paraded on
1: TV. By the way, Terry, or Terry Runnels is, uh, was... The character of Marlena worked because she was a mysterious, you know, troublemaking character. You show her as that sweet mother, that doesn't
0: work. Yeah. She did work after that, though, as a bitchy, the horny little she devil.
1: No, that worked. What I'm saying is the sweet, the sweet woman, caring the mother. sweet, mo- the sweet caring mother. That didn't work.
0: They they saw the success that they did with mankind and making him like breathing humanity into that character, and they said, "Hey, we can do that with Goldust." The only problem was what worked about Goldust was what you said—the mystery. Yeah. And the bravado. The 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 unknown about him and Marlena. That's what made that work. Now you, you, you pull the curtain off that and you show people the inside and that takes the interest away. It's not like Mick to where it makes it more interesting because you see that he's a young kid that always wanted it. You just show these two people that are in a loving couple. Well, that's cool, but who gives a fuck? Right. I can go downstairs and see somebody in a, in a loving couple. Well, you couldn't, but a, a lot of other people did. Yeah. <laughs> But, like,
1: but, yeah, like, and the funny thing is that, like, with Goldust and Marlena and, like, all the risque stuff, and, because everybody remembers the old Raw, the old Raw magazine, right? Like, when it first came out in 96.
0: Yeah.
1: And (laughs) that was pretty much, because you had the WWF magazine, which was, you know, for the kids and all that, Raw magazine was pretty much meant for adults. Because they had some pretty violent and fucked up shit in those magazines, and one of the things they had was they had Goldust and Marlena kind of do a nude photo shoot where she's laying on top of him, and they're both covered in gold body paint. Uh, and it's
2: just like I remember. remember,
1: Huh?
2: I said I remember that.
1: Yeah uh hey it's under your bed uh but like and i just remember like seeing that and i'm kind of flipping through the pages of it right because i used to uh when i used to go to the grocery store with bapa all the time i would just stand in the you know magazine aisle read all the magazines or whatever because back at that time you had more than one wrestling magazine right uh and i would just read that and like i was reading the raw magazine and i you know, really wanted that. And I asked Bob, I said, can I get it? He takes a look at it, sees the cover, which is Goldust Marlena, opens it up, sees this one picture of him. He goes, your grandmother will kill me. No.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, okay. You know, didn't argue with grandpa. <laughs> uh, but like it, it was stuff like that 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 made the two of them work. It was, but it was the humanity side that it was just kind of like, okay. Like I get it, you're trying to show the humane side of them, but do we really need to see that? I agree. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right.
2: Yeah.
0: Who's your number two?
2: Triple so H and uh, Stephanie McMahon. Uh, real life couple, obviously. Um. Daddy's little girl and Triple H. <laughs> uh, Dude, you put a yeah. lot of real I life mean,
1: couples they're... on your list? Are you trying to get invited to like a family dinner or something? Mm-hmm.
2: Sure, yeah. I would love to have Triple H on the podcast someday.
1: Uh I think I'm pretty. I'm pretty. <laughs> <sure>. I <laughs> fucked that up. up. Yeah, it happens.
0: This-
1: you know, you can anyways. only say, you can only say that a guy fucks his best friend more than he fucks his wife so many times before the one guy takes offense to it.
2: Yeah, that's true, and it, it is super age though. But anyways, yeah. yeah, this is probably the most recognized wrestling couple, real life wrestling couple in pro wrestling. Um, this is probably one of the most um, probably more, one of the most recognized besides Elizabeth and uh Martin, but in the modern era they are. Uh Stephanie doesn't work for the company anymore, so she says. But I mean she doesn't but Triple H does. He's the CEO. Uh of she's lab, content man. officer close enough. <laughs> uh yeah, so yeah, these two are just real life couple. They go everywhere to get they did go everywhere together before, which was she had decided not to work with the company anymore. But yeah. Uh, what else is there to say about these two.
1: Yeah, I agree. And well hasn't so, much to say. The funny thing about the funny thing about these two is that like, you know, When they got together, I you know everybody knows how they got together, and the fact that they were able to kind of make it work. I mean, they've been together for twenty three years now, Uh, and like, first of all, I could not imagine anybody being married to a McMahon for that long, especially McMahon that pretty much is Vince with lady parts. So, like, the fact that Triple H has survived that long without wanting to kill a member of that family, good for him. Uh, Alright,
0: you ready for my number a two? <laughs> Alright, my number two, and I did want to give a shout out to some of the worst relationships first, because I have some of these in my head that I kind of thought were kind of funny, but they never really worked. Yeah. One of them being Kane and Lita. 'Cause I thought that was a funny idea and it, it kinda helped turn him babyface, but it was a little too rapey. Yeah. Uh another one is Zack Ryder and Eve Torres. That was just stupid. That poor fucker. He got kind of fucked over by that situation. Uh another really bad one, but I have to bring it up, is Mark Henry and Mae Young.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: That would have been Clintus number one. What are you talking about? And then another really bad one is Tori Wilson's father, Al Wilson, and Don Marie. Yeah, which, by the way, that was
1: that was in poor taste by WWE yeah. to kill the guy off, and then publish in your in your magazine like ten months later that he attended his daughter's wedding. <laughs> uh, <coughs> bless you. Was- like.
0: And they brought a Ouija board. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, Al Wilson now has unfortunately passed away. Yes. He, he is no longer with us. But I, I swear to God, like, it, who didn't want to be Al Wilson? Well, Don, Dawn Marie at one time
0: dude. what she was won, crying by the casket and he, yeah. like, sat up. That was yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs>
2: uh.
0: <laughs> they, had to, they had to cut away It was so good. Uh, My actual number two is something that happened kind of recently, and it's the last, like, love relationship because I have a, a bromance number one. My number two is when the big man finally gets the girl. I went with Mandy Rose and Otis. You
1: know, and that went farther than I thought that the WWE would uh, would take it.
0: Yeah, and it worked. He got a money in the bank out of it. She was a nice, supportive girlfriend. Another one I was thinking about was Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss because that was another weird one that shouldn't have worked. Because yeah, I did. thought about that too. But I think Otis and Mandy, because it's like everybody wants to see that story of like the like he should not have even he he shouldn't even like breathe in the same room that she farts. Right. Know? But she fucking is so... He hung, she wouldn't be able to breathe in No, she wouldn't be with us anymore. But he, those two were so fun together, and they both played it up really well to where it worked.
1: Yeah, and then, And it
0: showed how good she was, yep, too. Yeah. And it was her idea, even though she was married. So well, it, that's
1: what she had even said. She just like... like uh, she even said, she goes, I pitched it. You know, her boyfriend or whoever the fuck it was at the time said, you know, go ahead her boy, her fiance is a guy by the name of Tito Sabatelli, who used to work for WWE's Developmental and used to work with Otis. Okay. And he also happens to be a friend of Otis. So he was like, fuck yeah. Okay. So he said, he said to Otis, he's like, yeah, go ahead, bang my girlfriend. I don't care. <laughs> uh, he goes, you're a friend of mine. But
0: it worked. Uh, he didn't really bang her, though, did he? No. Well, I mean, you have to sell the story
1: you have You have to sell the You have to sell the you story. You go do it, it
0: once for the gimmick.
1: Yeah. So, That's like, fun. no, they didn't actually bang, but you know, Tito's just like, dude, you know, you happen to be my buddy.
0: Go ahead. Know. Those long nights on the road, though, you never know.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I just described the way most pornos start out, but. Uh, that would have
0: been an interesting one. I would have done that one, too. All right. <laughs> What's your number one? Well, let's get out of here.
1: Gorilla Monson and Bobby Heenan.
0: The best commentary duo of all time?
1: Yeah. Uh, Mainly the reason why primetime wrestling lasted for as long as it did. Uh, You know, in in the spring of 91, when they went to, like, the studio format where they had the live studio audience, which was cool to a point, but nothing beats Gorilla and Bobby. Especially like when they would do their uh like remotes at different places, yeah, I'll never forget uh the when they went to bush gardens to look for the bushwhackers <laughs> and uh like. Uh, Bobby Heenan was getting, like, seasick or something like that. Or, or they were on, like, a, a truck or whatever. Bobby Heenan was getting sick or something like that. And they find the Bushwhackers, and Gorilla's was like, Hey, Bushwhackers, how are you doing? Welcome to the US of A and all that stuff. And, like, it, Bobby and Gorilla were just fucking hilarious with one
0: another. They were so good. And it was so emotional when he got inducted in the Hall of Fame, and he was just like, I just wish Gorilla was here. Yeah. It was so sweet.
1: Yeah. And w- when Gorilla passed away... Uh, Bobby had said to Tony, because Tony Schiavone was in charge of all the announcers at the time. He said to Tony, he said, "Hey, I, I'm paying tribute to Gorilla. Mon- or, like, can you bring up Gorilla Monsoon passing away, so I can talk about it?" And Bischoff's just like, "Gorilla never worked for WCW. Don't do it." And Bobby looked at Tony and said, "Please bring it up, so I can talk about it. Cause I, I really want to talk about it." Yeah. Tony's like, "All right." So he brings it up, Bischoff screaming in his ear, saying, what the fuck are you doing? You're talking about a WWE. Or no, Bischoff wasn't even there. It was fucking, it was Nash oh. screaming in his ear because Nash was, had Booker at the time. And Nash was like, what the fuck are you doing? Because Nash didn't like Gorilla Monsoon. Oh. So like, what, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, Tony's just like, he wants to talk about him. Let him talk about him. And then uh, you know Bobby just got like all emotional and shit. Which again, you can't blame the guy. Gorilla was his best friend.
0: Yeah, they made magic together. Yeah, even like Cole and J- or like Jr. and King, you know they're not best friends. You know they're not hanging out. They might not even do dinner with each other, but they are linked together for life now. Yeah, Jr. and King are linked yep. together for life because of that work, and they and they know that, and they will always be brothers and there, even if they don't hang out. They are still brothers and it's the same thing for Bobby and uh what's it uh Gorilla
1: and like when they, when they actually did like the commentary for some of the events they commented like i still think summer uh, survivor series ninety ninety one 91 royal rumble 92 and wrestlemania 8 are three of my favorite uh pay-per-views of all time just because the two of them were on commentary yeah not necessarily the best like pay-per-views like quality or match quality wise or whatever but listening to the two of them on on commentary was awesome. was awesome especially like uh when bobby heenan said during undertaker versus jake roberts of WrestleMania he goes monsoon death never takes a holiday and gorilla goes oh my god he goes these things just come to me i feel like i'm working with two brilliant minds <laughs> And Monsoon goes,
0: I've never seen you work with one. That's funny. That's very good. a yeah.
2: great number one. Thank you. Eric, who's your
0: number one? Macho Man and Mitch uh, Elizabeth. I mean, that's the message. It had to be on somebody's record. Oh, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Jimmy, if you're listening to this, if you already haven't thrown your back out again, uh, Elizabeth, Was useful, you know, she's one, I mean, I personally, I've always had a crush on Elizabeth, so, like, she was useful, she's definitely, you know, she was a part of Macho Man's character, we uh you know, if somebody doesn't like her, you know, that's fine, but, you know, there's no reason to hate her.
0: She was just a manager, and she didn't do much, and, you know, it's not wrong in saying that, but those two are truly the king and queen of wrestling. There is no other it yep. couple. There's no those. That is like I said, mom and dad earlier. They are the king and the queen, and there is no other. Every other couple that they've tried to do has tried to emulate that right. in some way, or form or fashion. That is the the mecca. That's the top one, and like even like little like when fucking they were in that match with Andre and she showed her panties. Yeah, and, and that's like a not Elizabeth thing to do. Elizabeth would never do that. It's not in character. And, it, and it's not like she got fully naked. She just lifted her skirt up a little bit, and then she distracted the heels, and they got the whip. It would always – those two were just perfect together, and it never felt – like, that was the raunchiest they ever went, and that still felt classy watching it.
1: Yeah. They By never, the way,
0: having a roll, it's actually
1: been through his all the way back in his mouth.
0: Yeah. So those two were just – it always felt classy and never felt tasteless. And it's just, you really believe that they were in love, which they were at the time. Now, how
1: long do you think I'm going to have to wait to ask Jimmy to do something since I just called him out on the
0: show? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You ready for my number one? Yeah. Drum roll. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a controversial one. I went with a bromance. I went with a manager superstar duo. Oh, God. I went with Mr. Walrus, Paul Heyman, and Brock Lesnar
2: right
0: man. uh they're best friends in real life even though it doesn't seem like they would be and they're just the ultimate they are the ultimate duo and for a long time whenever you see brock now now they don't because of storyline but brock would only come back under the like we wouldn't have brock lesnar if paul wasn't there because brock said when he was coming back put me with paul or i do it yes yeah. And that's how he's yep. always been. And he's always, he travels with Paul. He fucking does everything. Paul is his right-hand man. And they are best friends and they are a he's good dude. He's the OG and,
2: and, of um, Paul Heyman.
0: And, and when you think about just two people that really, they bring out the strengths and the weaknesses, fucking, the only thing that uh, uh, Paul Heyman's ever going to win is a hot dog eating contest. He doesn't have a physical bone in his body unless he's walking to the fridge. And, But he's the best talker on planet Earth. Talk so well. And he can make anybody seem like the fucking man. And then you have this big, powerful beast who can lift ATVs and fucking RVs and, you know, big Ford Equinoxes. He can bench them for breakfast. But he's got the voice of a toddler that got kicked in the nuts. So Brock can't cut a promo to save his life. Brock, Brock sounds like this. Brock does not sound intimidating at all. And he, he honestly sucks at cutting promos. But, so, you put him with the best talker ever and you have magic. And you have this beast, this, yep. like, MMA fighter who can destroy anybody and this guy that's fucking selling the fight so well and selling the matches and talking him up to be what he is. And it just worked.
1: And the funny the funny thing about the two of them is that, like, you go back to, like, the early days.
0: They were great men too.
1: Yeah. And uh, cause Brock was like this big, you know, it, this big prospect and, you know, they called him, they said he was like the future of the business or whatever.
0: The next big thing.
1: Yeah. And, yep. uh, you had Heyman who was off TV for a while, but they brought him back together cause you could not get rid of Paul Heyman. Uh, cause they didn't have wart remover big enough. Uh,
0: and he was Brock's
2: agent.
1: Yeah. And it was just like, it it worked because you had Paul Heyman who could say whatever he wanted, and nobody could really get to him because if you did, Brock Lesnar would split you in half with his
0: teeth. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was really good, and this was our top ten pro wrestling couples of all time. What about, did you do Eric number one? Yeah, he went before me. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Make sure to check out all our other shit, and we love you all. Uh,
1: Next week, uh, do we want to do the top ten on the uh, Bushwhackers for the tribute to votes, or do we want to do the top ten for the whoever wins is king of the ring?
0: We'll do the Bushwhackers top ten. Okay. So everybody check that out, Top Ten Moments and matches: the Bushwhackers next week, and we'll see everybody next time.
2: All right, later. Later.